Section eight of the History of Mary Prince by Mary Prince. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Supplement to the History of Mary Prince, Part four. But after all, Mary's character, important though its exculpation be to her, is not really the point of chief practical interest in this case. Suppose all Mr. Wood's defamatory allegations to be true suppose him to be able to rake up against her out of the records of the antigua police or from the voracious testimony of his brother colonists twenty stories as bad or worse than what he insinuates suppose the whole of her own statement to be false and even the whole of her conduct since she came under our observation here to be a tissue of hypocrisy suppose all this and leave the negro woman as black in character as in complexion yet it would not affect the main facts which are these one mr wood not daring in england to punish this woman arbitrarily as he would have done in the west indies drove her out of his house or left her at least only the alternative of returning instantly to antigua with the certainty of severe treatment there or submitting in silence to what she considered intolerable usage in his household two he has since obstinately persisted in refusing her manumission to enable her to return home in security though repeatedly offered more than ample compensation for her value as a slave and this on various frivolous pretexts but really and indeed not unavowedly in order to punish her for leaving his service in england though he himself had professed to give her that option these unquestionable facts speak volumes the case affords a most instructive illustration of the true spirit of the slave system and of the pretensions of the slaveholders to assert not merely their claims to a vested right in the labour of their bondsmen but to an indefeasible property in them as their absolute chattels it furnishes a striking practical comment on the assertions of the west indians that self-interest is a sufficient check to the indulgence of vindictive feelings in the master for here is a case where a man a respectable and benevolent man as his friends aver prefers losing entirely the full price of the slave for the mere satisfaction of preventing a poor black woman from returning home to her husband if the pleasure of thwarting the benevolent wishes of the anti-slavery society in behalf of the deserted negro be an additional motive with mr wood it will not much mend his wretched plea i may here add a few words respecting the earlier portion of mary prince's narrative the facts there stated must necessarily rest entirely since we have no collateral evidence upon their intrinsic claims to probability and upon the reliance the reader may feel disposed after perusing the foregoing pages to place on her veracity to my judgment the internal evidence of the truth of her narrative appears remarkably strong the circumstances are related in a tone of natural sincerity and are accompanied in almost every case with characteristic and minute details which must i conceive carry with them full conviction to every candid mind that this negro woman has actually seen felt and suffered all that she so impressively describes and that the picture she has given of west indian slavery is not less true than it is revolting but there may be some persons into whose hands this tract may fall 
so imperfectly acquainted with the real character of negro slavery as to be shocked into partial if not absolute incredulity by the acts of inhuman oppression and brutality related of captain i and his wife and of mr d the salt manufacturer of turks island here at least such persons may be disposed to think there surely must be some exaggeration the facts are too shocking to be credible the facts are indeed shocking but unhappily not the less credible on that account slavery is a curse to the oppressor scarcely less than to the oppressed its natural tendency is to brutalize both after a residence myself of six years in a slave colony i am inclined to doubt whether as regards its demoralizing influence the master is not even a greater object of compassion than his bondman let those who are disposed to doubt the atrocities related in this narrative on the testimony of a sufferer examine the details of many cases of similar barbarity that have lately come before the public on unquestionable evidence passing over the reports of the fiscal of berbice and the mauritius horrors recently unveiled let them consider the case of mr and mrs moss of the bahamas and their slave kate so justly denounced by the secretary for the colonies the cases of eleanor mead of henry williams and of the reverend mr bridges and kitty hilton in jamaica these cases alone might suffice to demonstrate the inevitable tendency of slavery as it exists in our colonies to brutalize the master to a truly frightful degree a degree which would often cast into the shade even the atrocities related in the narrative of mary prince and which are sufficient to prove independently of all other evidence that there is nothing in the revolting character of the facts to affect their credibility but that on the contrary similar deeds are at this very time of frequent occurrence in almost every one of our slave colonies this system of coercive labour may vary in different places it may be more destructive to human life in the cane culture of mauritius and jamaica than in the predial and domestic bondage of bermuda or the bahamas but the spirit and character of slavery are everywhere the same and cannot fail to produce similar effects wherever slavery prevails there will inevitably be found cruelty and oppression individuals who have preserved humane and amiable and tolerant dispositions towards their black dependents may doubtless be found among slaveholders but even where a happy instance of this sort occurs such as mary's first mistress the kind-hearted mrs williams the favoured condition of the slave is still as precarious as it is rare it is every moment at the mercy of events and must always be held by a tenure so proverbially uncertain as that of human prosperity or human life such examples like a feeble and flickering streak of light in a gloomy picture only serve by contrast to exhibit the depth of the prevailing shades like other exceptions they only prove the general rule the unquestionable tendency of the system is to vitiate the best tempers and to harden the most feeling hearts never be kind nor speak kindly to a slave said an accomplished english lady in south africa to my wife i have now she added been for some time a slave owner and have found from vexatious experience in my own household that nothing but harshness and hauteur will do with slaves 
i might perhaps not inappropriately illustrate this point more fully by stating many cases which fell under my own personal observation or became known to me through authentic sources at the cape of good hope a colony where slavery assumes as it is averred a milder aspect than in any other dependency of the empire where it exists and i could show from the judicial records of that colony received by me within these few weeks cases scarcely inferior in barbarity to the worst of those to which i have just specially referred but to do so would lead me too far from the immediate purpose of this pamphlet and extend it to an inconvenient length i shall therefore content myself with quoting a single short passage from the excellent work of my friend dr walsh entitled notices of brazil a work which besides its other merits has vividly illustrated the true spirit of negro slavery as it displays itself not merely in that country but wherever it has been permitted to open its pandora's box of misery and crime let the reader ponder on the following just remarks and compare the facts stated by the author in illustration of them with the circumstances related at pages six and seven of mary's narrative if then we put out of the question the injury inflicted on others and merely consider the deterioration of feeling and principle with which it operates on ourselves ought it not to be a sufficient and indeed unanswerable argument against the permission of slavery the exemplary manner in which the paternal duties are performed at home may mark people as the most fond and affectionate parents but let them once go abroad and come within the contagion of slavery and it seems to alter the very nature of a man and the father has sold and still sells the mother and his children with as little compunction as he would a sow and her litter of pigs and he often disposes of them together this deterioration of feeling is conspicuous in many ways among the brazilians they are naturally a people of a humane and good-natured disposition and much indisposed to cruelty or severity of any kind indeed the manner in which many of them treat their slaves is a proof of this as it is really gentle and considerate but the natural tendency to cruelty and oppression in the human heart is continually evolved by the impunity and uncontrolled license in which they are exercised i never walked through the streets of rio that some house did not present to me the semblance of a bridewell where the moans and the cries of the sufferers and the sounds of whips and scourges within announced to me that corporal punishment was being inflicted whenever i remarked this to a friend i was always answered that the refractory nature of the slave rendered it necessary and no house could properly be conducted unless it was practised but this is certainly not the case and the chastisement is constantly applied in the very wantonness of barbarity and would not and dared not be inflicted on the humblest wretch in society if he was not a slave and so put out of the pale of pity immediately joining our house was one occupied by a mechanic from which the most dismal cries and moans constantly proceeded i entered the shop one day and found it was occupied by a saddler who had two negro boys working at his business he was a tawny cadaverous-looking man with a dark aspect and he had cut from his leather a scourge like a russian knout which he held in his hand and was in the act of exercising on one of the naked children in an inner room 
and this was the cause of the moans and cries we heard every day and almost all day long in the rear of our house was another occupied by some women of bad character who kept as usual several negro slaves i was awoke early one morning by dismal cries and looking out of the window i saw in the back yard of the house a black girl of about fourteen years old before her stood her mistress a white woman with a large stick in her hand she was undressed except her petticoat and chemise which had fallen down and left her shoulders and bosom bare her hair was streaming behind and every fierce and malevolent passion was depicted in her face she too like my hostess at Gourirno, another striking illustration of the dehumanizing effects of slavery was the very representation of a fury she was striking the poor girl whom she had driven up into a corner where she was on her knees appealing for mercy she showed her none but continued to strike her on the head and thrust the stick into her face till she was herself exhausted and her poor victim covered with blood this scene was renewed every morning and the cries and moans of the poor suffering blacks announced that they were enduring the penalty of slavery in being the objects on which the irritable and malevolent passions of the whites are allowed to vent themselves with impunity nor could i help deeply deploring that state of society in which the vilest characters in the community are allowed an almost uncontrolled power of life and death over their innocent and far more estimable fellow-creatures notices of brazil volume two pages three hundred and fifty four to three hundred and fifty six in conclusion i may observe that the history of mary prince furnishes a corollary to lord stowell's decision in the case of the slave grace and that it is most valuable on this account whatever opinions may be held by some readers on the grave question of immediately abolishing colonial slavery nothing assuredly can be more repugnant to the feelings of englishmen than that the system should be permitted to extend its baneful influence to this country yet such is the case when the slave landed in england still only possesses that qualified degree of freedom that a change of domicile will determine it though born a british subject and resident within the shores of england he is cut off from his dearest natural rights by the sad alternative of regaining them at the expense of liberty and the certainty of severe treatment it is true that he has the option of returning but it is a cruel mockery to call it a voluntary choice when upon his return depend his means of subsistence and his reunion with all that makes life valuable here he has tasted the sweets of freedom to quote the words of the unfortunate mary prince but if he desires to restore himself to his family or to escape from suffering and destitution and the other evils of a climate uncongenial to his constitution and habits he must abandon the enjoyment of his late acquired liberty and again subject himself to the arbitrary power of a vindictive master the case of mary prince is by no means a singular one many of the same kind are daily occurring and even if the case were singular it would still loudly call for the interference of the legislature in instances of this kind no injury can possibly be done to the owner by confirming to the slave his resumption of his natural rights 
it is the master's spontaneous act to bring him to this country he knows when he brings him that he divests himself of his property and it is in fact a minor species of slave trading when he has thus enfranchised his slave to recapture that slave by the necessities of his condition or by working upon the better feelings of his heart abstractedly from all legal technicalities there is no real difference between thus compelling the return of the enfranchised negro and trepanning a free native of england by delusive hopes into perpetual slavery the most ingenious casuist could not point out any essential distinction between the two cases our boasted liberty is the dream of imagination and no longer the characteristic of our country if its bulwarks can thus be thrown down by colonial special pleading it would well become the character of the present government to introduce a bill into the legislature making perpetual that freedom which the slave has acquired by his passage here and thus to declare in the most ample sense of the words what indeed we had long fondly believed to be the fact though it now appears that we have been mistaken that no slave can exist within the shores of great britain End of section 8